Welcome to Vital Voices. Our guest today turned 105 years of age on October 29th, 2023. A milestone noted by NBC's Today Show. Dr. Bob Miller, a research chemist, began working at Eastman and Kingsport in 1948. He has been retired for almost 40 years. We visited with him in his apartment at Asbury Place in Kingsport, Tennessee, where he reflected on his long and rich life. I first asked Bob to tell me what he did last fall to celebrate his 105th birthday. I have a couple of sons who drive down here six hours and pick me up and take me back to Northern Virginia. And uh, they took me, they, they arranged to take, take us on a, uh, a railroad excursion about two hours to see the fall leaves. We were on a, it was a 16 passenger uh, railroad pulled by a steam engine and we had a, a, a place in a, I think you call it a end of the car. All the seats faced in, and we had a long table, and so we had six members of the family there. I don't know how they found out, but as we pulled out, a woman in a, in a house that was holding up a sign said, Happy 105th birthday, Bob. How she found out, I don't know. At 105, Bob Miller's memory is strong. His ability to remember details from decades ago is remarkable. Well, I'm in, enrolled in a longevity program out of uh, Boston University, and I'm just making arrangements to donate my bread, brain, posthumously, of course. Apparently, they can, they can get certain information from that that will help them with this study. At Asbury Place, Bob Miller's days are filled with activity. We have a, a number, we have an activity director, and she has programs. We play um, Jeopardy, and uh, she does that about a month. We play uh, bingo, and I'm the caller. And uh, I used to run the bingo program when I lived down uh, at the independent living section. I was down there for 13 years. And then when I got to need a little more help, I moved down here, oh, about a year ago. I asked Bob to describe his daily routine. They like to eat early. <laughs> breakfast starts at 6.30, and I'm usually there at 6.30 for breakfast. And then lunch is at 11, and dinner is at 4. First this morning, I decided I wanted to take a shower. Well, that's sort of risky. So... I had a, one of the girls came and she stayed on hand the whole time I was in and took the shower. I didn't have any trouble. I got out, I shaved, which I don't get to do very often, and so I feel very, very much better now. The first thing I noticed when I walked into Bob Miller's room was a stack of books by his chair. The lady who is the author of this uh, set of books is Jacqueline Winspim. And she's written about um, about 15 books, and I've read about 10 of them. I think my daughter found a bookstore that had 10 copies of her book. She sent them to me, and I got hooked on it. And now, for Christmas, I got five more copies, so I've enjoyed those. 
Bob Miller grew up in a town called Chester, South Carolina. Chester, South Carolina is located about 45 miles due south of Charlotte, North Carolina, and about 75 miles northwest of Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, the three contiguous counties, Chester, York, and Lancaster. In Pennsylvania, there's Chester, York, and Lancaster. And in England, Chester, York, and Lancaster. The name Chester comes from a Roman camp. It was a Roman camp somewhere in England, and the Latin name for it was Castra, C-A-S-T-R-A. And uh, it grew up and finally just became Chester. Mm -hmm. And people who lived there were called Kestrians. And so that was the name of our high school yearbook. Bob earned his Bachelor of Science degree in chemistry, physics, and mathematics in 1939 at Erskine College in South Carolina. Both of my grandfathers have been there, both of my parents, four of my five brothers, my wife, three of our four children, and at least one grandson have all attended there. I enjoyed science when I was in high school, and then when I went to college, I don't know if it was anyway I had specialists in chemistry, physics, and mathematics. With six boys, my dad said, boys, I can get you through undergraduate scholarship, but anything beyond that, you're going to have to be on your own. So when I was a senior in college, I made applications for either a scholarship or a training class. Uh, nearly all chemistry departments need somebody to run their freshman labs and run their quiz course, tests on Friday. Well, I applied five or six of them. Didn't get one that year, but um, North Carolina told me I needed one more course in physical chemistry before I could be a full-fledged graduate student. I then found out that Clemson needed a few like that. I knew one of, one of my high school teachers was up there in the chemistry department. He helped me get the job up there, and for a year I was a, technically on the faculty of Clemson. And then at the end of that year, again I applied. My dad said, you know, sometimes a personal appearance can make a difference. So he drove me up to Chapel Hill, and I talked to the head of the chemistry department. Two weeks later, I had a, a work scholarship. During World War II, Bob served in the Naval Research Laboratory in Washington, D.C., and then he completed his Ph.D. in chemistry at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill in 1948. It didn't take him long to land a job at what was then known as Tennessee Eastman in Kingsport. I wasn't really familiar with Eastman being here, nor was I familiar with Kingsport. But of course, they sent out crews to schools that produce the kind of people they want. And they offered me a job, and I took it and came over here. And I was at several different locations. For a while, I was sort of in charge of the sale of products from the Texas Eastman plant in Longview, Texas. And I know one time we were flying over Louisiana in a heavy rainstorm, and the plane was struck by lightning which is very frightening, but actually is not really bad. It usually uh, 
it, it's, the plane develops static electricity and that causes a blast. But on the tip of the wings and the tail, they have three little uh, cables and hopefully that will drain the static electricity off the plane and reduce the chance of a, of a lightning strike. <clears throat> Why in the world did Eastman have a plant down here? Well, before World War I, wood alcohol, which is an impure grade of methyl alcohol, was somehow important to Eastman's photographic process, and they were buying it for Germany. Of course, they got cut off. And so after the war, uh, there was a plant built here that was going to produce methyl alcohol for two reasons. One, there's plenty of timber in the surrounding mountains, and there's a certain native talent in the art of distillation. Anyway, uh, J. Fred Johnson got Mr. Eastman to come down here. They knew he liked to bird hunt, so they took him out on a hunt, and they had guys out there in the woods throwing up birds. <laughs> he got his he got his quota on birds for no time, and he decided to buy this, this, this wartime plan. We're talking with Dr. Bob Miller, who is 105 years old. Bob spent his entire career at Eastman and Kingsport. Well, it's a great place to raise a family, and I liked it very much, and I got involved in a lot of things. I'm a member of the Lions Club, and it just awarded me a lifetime membership. I've been a member for over 50 years, and uh, that was one of the things. And then I got interested in a couple of uh, Chamber of Commerce uh, committees. I asked Bob if longevity runs in his family. Uh, my mother, I can't remember which one. One of them lived to 83 and one lived to 84. <clears throat> and when they were married in, in uh, well, they met at college. When they were married in 1913, my mother very much wanted a daughter. But after six sons, she gave up a bad job and settled for six daughters-in-law later on. And uh, so I got a host of, I now have 13 great-grandchildren. My two youngest ones are first cousins, and they just recently celebrated their first birthday. My senior great-granddaughter is a sophomore at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And my oldest great-grandson is a freshman at Mary Baldwin College in Stanton, Virginia. He's a very active soccer player, and he got a marvelous scholarship to go there. Of course, being in Bob Miller's presence, I had to ask some obvious questions about good living. There are certain things that you can do to maintain your health uh, and perhaps promote longevity. One of the, in my opinion, the first and most important is don't smoke. It's one of the worst things you can willingly do to your body. Exercise regularly. Once a month is not regularly. We have some nice walking paths around here in nice weather. Go out and walk around that. Be involved in your community. Be active in the community. Keep active. Be optimistic. So many people, when they reach 65, they say, now I'm old. 
I can't do anything I used to do. Well, maybe, maybe not. If they put their mind to it, they can do them for another five or ten years, and it will keep them active instead of being miserable between their ears for 30 things they think is going to happen to them, 95% of which never happen. Uh, if they will be active and optimistic, they'll be a lot happier with their life. And I have, think that's helped me to, to grow. We have two full-service hospitals. Not many towns this age or this size have them. We have 50 or 60 specialists in the area. We hope you don't get sick, but if you do, you don't have to go to Timbuktu to get fixed. I asked Bob to tell me the story of how he and his wife, Doris, first met. I was um, angry with the girl who became my wife before I ever met her. In the summer of 1937, I was a volunteer bellhop at a church assembly ground down near Hendersonville, North Carolina. One day the manager called me and said, we got this family coming in for one of our conferences from Lake Wales, Florida, and they're getting in tonight at 8.30, and I want you to be out front to handle their baggage, okay? Well, I was out front at 8.30, 9.30. They finally arrived at 11 p.m. I'd been standing out there for two and a half hours. I was a little bit irritated. I hope I was polite. But they had a cute daughter, and before the week was out, I got over my peeve and started dating her. And for the next six years, most of our romance was carried on by mail. We were blessed to celebrate our 75th wedding anniversary, and I lost her in January 2019 at age 97. Dr. Bob Miller, thank you so much for joining us for Vital Voices. Well, thank you, Fred. I'm glad to participate in it. I don't get to do that too often, but I like to be involved in the community. Dr. Bob Miller will turn 106 on October 29, 2024. For Vital Voices, I'm Fred Sossman. Music